Hi, I'm Jonathan Edwards, and I want to welcome you to the Jed Breaks Bread podcast. My goal in this podcast is to teach the truth of the Word of God and apply it to our lives that our orthopraxy might be as good as our orthodoxy. May you be blessed. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode, the final episode of the Jed Breaks Bread podcast in 2023. I think that in 2023, wait, I already said that wrong. It's the final episode of 2022, and we're getting ready to go into 2023. All right. I think that in 2023, I'm going to change up my introduction a little bit. I'm going to, I'm going to change up my greeting. So if you know me, if you want to leave a comment, let me know what you think. I'm going to change it from hello friends to greeting saints and fellow citizens of God's kingdom or greeting saints and fellow servants of Christ. One of those two. I'm, I'm going to settle on one of those two, and I'm going to have that be the new uh, greeting every time I begin a podcast. Well, 2022 has been a, a good year. It's been um, a year of recovery for a lot of people. It's also been a year of struggle for a lot of people. And as the year is winding down, I know that one of the traditions we have in the United States, and I would say in other parts of the world as well, is to make a resolution for the next year. And these resolutions are often, I think I think they're good. You know, I I don't usually make a lot of resolutions myself. But I think the exercise of looking at the year that you've had, the exercise, the practice of self-evaluation and self-examination is healthy. Now, some people can take that to maybe a, a morbid level, and they're just way, way too introspective. But I think some people kind of bury their head in the sand, and they, they don't really think a lot about what they could have done better or what went well for them or what help them to be successful, or they don't even think about maybe some of the things that cause them to be unsuccessful in a year. So as the calendar changes from one year to the next, I do think it's a healthy practice to do some self-evaluation, to take a critical view of what you've done this past year and say, here are some areas that I want to improve. Now, I was talking with a friend of mine the other day at breakfast, and he asked me about spiritual resolutions and how do you accomplish maybe spiritual resolutions and this produced a really good conversation that we had and I thought it was so good our conversation that I wanted to share uh, some bits and pieces of that with you and I want to kind of want to organize it a little bit better than maybe how we had it over the breakfast table here's what I think about making resolutions a reality I think a lot of people don't understand the small steps that it takes to accomplish a big task. Most people, when they make a resolution, make some type of life-changing or life-altering goal that is very admirable and often very noble, but somewhat unrealistic in relationship to the, the things that they have established in their life. I, I mean, like, people get into certain patterns and they get into certain habits and they get into certain ways of doing things. And oftentimes if they're feeling like things haven't been going well or they really want to make a change, they try to change all the patterns and all the habits all at once. And that really is a recipe for disaster. 
And so when it comes to bringing a resolution to reality, I think you need to be realistic. What is one thing that you could change that would benefit your life? One of the most successful ways that I've um, found in my own life to get rid of bad habits is just by adding new habits. So I don't focus on getting rid of the bad habit or punishing myself for the bad habit. I focus on, okay, what's a new habit that I want to establish and how am I going to achieve establishing this particular habit? And so I try to work on that new habit and I look at it from a positive perspective. Oh, this this new habit of drinking two glasses of water every morning when I wake up helps me feel more alert. It helps wake my brain up. Um, I feel more ready to tackle my day. I don't get dehydrated as quickly throughout the day, Um, especially in the summertime. It's very refreshing to wake up and drink two glasses of water. Uh, So, you know, you're not looking at it as um, a punishment, like, oh, I can't drink these other things. Like, you don't say, I can't drink coffee in the morning. You say, no, I'm, I'm going to start out by drinking these two glasses of water, and then I'll begin drinking some coffee. And what I found is that drinking the water first means that I actually need less coffee to feel perked up and ready to go. So you look at the habits that you want to establish and you say, well, here's some that are good and I'm going to start adding these to my daily routine. These seem like they would be good habits for me. And when you make good habits, inevitably what happens, and it's almost like a subconscious thing, inevitably what happens is you start dropping some of the bad habits. And that's a really effective way to slowly change different aspects of your life or different patterns of behavior. Now, what I have written out here for you today are three steps. I even hated to use that word, but three things, three considerations, if you will, for helping you to make your resolution a reality. All right. The first one is that if you want to make your resolution a reality, you need to be specific about what you want to do. The trap that most people fall into is that they make very generalized and nebulous resolutions. And this happens in every aspect of life. So for example, people will say, I want to lose weight and get in shape. Well, what does that look like for you? Um, for somebody who maybe is an, an athlete who had a baby, let's say they had a baby this past year, and for them, they, they were training like six to eight hours a week, and they went down to training like an hour of week, an hour a week. What they mean by, I want to get back in shape, is a lot different than the person who is maybe 50 to 60 pounds overweight and hasn't exercised in three years. Both of them have a goal, and if you if you state the goal, I want to get back in shape, it sounds the same, but they can have two very different meanings. The same type of thing happens in the spiritual realm. You'll say, you know, I'm going to I'm going to make a spiritual resolution. Okay, what's your resolution? I want to be a better Christian. Okay. What does it look like to be a better Christian? How are you functioning as a Christian right now? What are you presently doing? You see when you when you say something like I want to be a better Christian, um, that could mean very different things to different people. You could have a 
very mature pastor who's been serving the Lord for 35 or 40 years, he may say, I want to be a better Christian. And what he means by that is he's really drilling down deep into some of the very fine points of sanctification and holiness. Um, Because, to be honest, a man like that has probably mastered a lot of areas of life. And so he's he's really like turning over small stones to find the sins of resentment or maybe um, harsh speech or sarcasm or or things of that nature in his life. Whereas you could have somebody who's a newer Christian, maybe even a baby Christian, who's who's been a Christian for a year, two years, three years. And and when they say, I want to be a better Christian, it means, you know, I I want to stop lying on a regular basis. I want want to stop um, slandering. I want to stop gossiping or I want to stop, uh, you know, being inconsistent in my church church attendance, and and so you know, I don't want to say that those sins are are bigger than the other sins because a sin is a sin, but maybe what I should say is those sins are more obvious sins than than the other one. So when you say I want to be a better Christian, that's too general of a goal. You have to have a very specific way or definition of what it looks like to be a better Christian in your mind. Now, for me personally, like if I said, I want to be a better Christian, what that would look like for me, here's how I would define that for me. I want to do better at reading books that are not related to my studies, okay? So not related to sermon prep, Wednesday night prep, counseling. I want to do better at reading books that challenge me theologically and maybe challenge my understanding of how eldership works, how the church runs, um, maybe books that would help give me insight on how to I could be a better manager of my time or manager of God's people. Those are kind of like personal growth, personal development books that maybe I wouldn't normally take the time to read because I'm not studying them. But for me, if I say I want to be a better Christian, it may involve reading those types of books that looks very different than somebody else who says, I want to be a better Christian. So I think the first thing that you need to do if you want to make your resolution a reality is make it very specific. What are you resolving to do? So for me, I'm going to say, you know what? I want to resolve to read um, 30 minutes a day, five days a week out of a personal growth type of book. And I don't mean like a self-help book. I mean a book that will challenge me to grow as a pastor, as a husband, as a father, something that's not related to teaching, okay? One of my teaching ministries or counseling ministries or something to that nature. That's a very specific goal. And for you, you need to make your goal that specific. If you say, you know, I've never read the Bible through in a year— I want to read the Bible through in a year, that may be an admirable goal for you. Um, And that, you know, those types of goals are good, okay? I think you still need to be more specific than I want to read the Bible through in a year. I don't think that's a bad goal. Um, And I'm going to tell you why I don't think you should maybe have that for a goal. But I think that you need to be even more specific than that. You need to drill down into some things that will have a measurable impact on your life. All right. Now, why do I say that the goal of reading the Bible through in a year maybe isn't the best goal? Well, this actually leads me to number two. 
sometimes we make goals that are unrealistic. We make goals that are too big, okay? If you're a person who says, I want to read the Bible in a year, that's how I'm going to be a better Christian, you should already have a habit of reading the Bible 15 to 25 or 30 minutes a day. The majority of people, I think, who say, I want to read the Bible in a year, that's going to be my goal, probably do five minutes or less per day of Bible reading. And to read the Bible through in a year, if you are a fast reader, um, above average reader, let's say if you were above average reader, probably takes 30 to 35 minutes of reading per day. So if you're going from like five minutes or less of reading today to 30 to 35 minutes of reading a day, that is very hard. And that's if you're an above average reader. If you're like an average reader or maybe a below average reader, it may take you 45 minutes to an hour to read the amount of text that's necessary to read the entire Bible in a year. Does that seem like a habit that you could easily add to your life? Does that seem something that um, is achievable? For most people, the answer is probably not. And so you need to be specific in your goal, but you also need to have goals that are achievable. And when you have a big goal, like reading the Bible in a year, you need to work backwards from that goal and say, how can I get there? Let's take, let's take this example. <clears throat> reading the Bible in a year. If you are reading the Bible, let's say the five minutes or less a day, it may not be realistic for you to read the entire Bible in a year. In fact, I'm going to say it's, it's not realistic. Is it doable? Yes. Would it take an incredible amount of discipline and self-control? Yes. But the reality is that habit is probably not going to stick. You're going to fall behind. You're going to get discouraged. You're going to quit. So instead, work backwards from the big goal. Say, you know what? This year, I'm going to try to read the entire New Testament in a year. And that'll take you maybe 10 minutes a day, 10 to, 10 to 15 minutes a day. That's much more achievable time-wise. And then you say, the following year, I'm going to read the entire Old Testament this year. So you read the entire Old Testament in a year. Now, in a two-year span, you've read the New Testament and the Old Testament, so you've read the entire Bible. You've also created a habit of daily reading that is increasing in its not only frequency, but also duration. So you're, you've gone from maybe 10 to 15 minutes a day to read the New Testament a year, to 20 to 25 minutes a day to read the Old Testament in a year, then in the third year, you can say, I want to read the entire Bible this year, and you will already have practiced the discipline, and you'll have developed the skill set and the attention span to be able to read 35 to 40 minutes a day, which is what it takes to read the entire Bible in a year. So if that's your goal, and you're going to be that specific, work backwards from the big goal, break it down, and say, all right, here's how I'm going to be able to accomplish this goal. So by the end of year three, you're actually accomplishing the resolution that you made three years ago. That's pretty cool, okay? And that will have a lot of positive effects in your life. But let's just, let's pick something different, okay? Let's just get, let's take Bible reading maybe out of the equation. People, Bible reading is great. There's a lot of Bible reading plans out there. I think that all Christians should be spending time daily in God's Word. That's how we learn and grow. But let me, let's maybe make a more specific um, adjustment to our character. Let's make a more specific change to our character. Let's challenge ourselves to be more um, practically holy, 
all right, if I can if I can use that phrase. Let's be more practically holy. So I want to be a better Christian. What does that look like in relationship to my wife or my children? All right, let's just say, for example, that you are a husband and you struggle with outbursts of anger. Well, the specific way that I am going to be a better Christian to my wife and to my children is to control my outbursts of anger, all right? I'm going to control them. I'm going to learn to submit my emotions to the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to take every thought captive so that I don't become overwhelmed by anger. I'm going to um, believe what the Bible says about the hot-tempered man and how he is a fool and how his temper gets him into all kinds of trouble. That's my very specific goal. And you're saying, okay, well, what, what are my steps to accomplishing that goal? Well, you're going to have to work backwards from the big goal. If I want to be a man who stops angry outbursts, you're going to have to understand, you know, a little bit of what makes you angry. What are the things that kind of trip your trigger? And maybe it's a pattern, uh, like a, maybe it's a limited pattern of things that family members do that whenever they, they do those things, you, you fly off the handle. Or maybe it's any random thing. It could be anything that trips your trigger. You need to discern that about yourself. So your, your specific goal is, I'm going to avoid the outbursts of anger. And you're working backwards from the big goal. You're saying, what, what is it that I can change? What is it that I can alter in my life so that I can accomplish this bigger goal? And you're going to measure this. You're going to have to find some way to measure this. And I think this brings us to the third principle of making your resolution a reality. You have to find a way to track your progress in this. You can't just say, well, it seems like I'm doing better, or I think I'm doing better, but I don't really know. Listen, we have ways to track everything in life. If you have an Apple Watch, an Android Watch, or a Fitbit, you know that it tracks your heart rate. It tracks your steps. It tracks, um, like, literally almost everything about you, okay? It can track your sleep. It can track all kinds of things. And so you need to be smart enough about yourself and your abilities and your weaknesses, your temptations, and also your strengths. You need to be smart enough to figure out how will I track progress. Now, for some people, let's go back to the example of the Bible reading. For some people, the way to track their progress will be to just get out a calendar and to, or to print off a calendar of daily readings, um, daily readings, New Testament, one year. You print off that calendar, and then every time you read the passage, you check it off. And so you can go down the list and you can see the check marks. You can see the progress. You can see if you've fallen behind or if you're on track. Um, and there may be some days that you miss for reasons that are out of your control. And so a following day, you have to make that up. All right, we can understand that from, you know, a Bible reading perspective. But what about this angry outburst perspective? How am I going to track that? Well, I would encourage you to track that by actually keeping a journal of when you have angry outbursts. If you keep journals, then you can actually say, you know, man, January 2nd, January 5th, January 7th, January 8th, January 14th. You can write down in that journal every time you have the angry outbursts, and you should also write down what caused the angry outbursts. 
And you know what's going to happen is you're going to start to see patterns of why these outbursts happened or what what happened in your life to cause you to re, to erupt in anger. And hopefully it will re- reveal different areas of sin to you. Hopefully it will reveal different areas of um, maybe other weaknesses that you have. Maybe, maybe you're very um, bitter. And so when things come up that remind you of disappointments in life, you get very angry, and that's a defense mechanism against the things that didn't go well in your life. I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of like throwing some stuff out here, throwing some examples out here. But if you start tracking your angry outbursts in a journal and you write down when you sinned and the reason for your sin, you can track that progress. You know, January, let's say that at the end of the month of January, you have 15 angry outbursts in the month, and you start memorizing scripture. You start um, being more aware of your emotions and your sin, and you start being more aware of how you are responding to challenges in life. And then in February, you know, you go from 15 angry outbursts down to like 12. And then maybe, you know, in March, you're, you go, maybe you have a bad month, you go back up to 14. Okay. But then April, you really are getting a handle on why you're having these angry outbursts and you've memorized scripture and you're praying and the Holy Spirit, you're giving these issues to the Holy Spirit and he's strengthening you. He's helping you to control yourself. And in April, you only have like eight angry outbursts, okay? And and then in May, you have six. You get the idea, okay? That's a way that you can track progress in your spiritual journey. We track progress in all kinds of things. I have retirement accounts. The The people who manage my accounts send me monthly reports. They send me quarterly reports. They send me year-end reports. So I can see on a chart what my accounts have done all throughout the year. Okay? Um, I have uh, like a fitness tracker, and I can track what my activity was. And, and the computer program like spits it out and says, you were active for X number of days this past month. Okay? We track everything, and you need to figure out how you can track your spiritual growth. It may be journaling. It may be setting a reminder up on your phone, and then when you complete the reminder, you have the record of that task being completed. Um, It may be some other way for you to be reminded of that particular goal. But the bottom line is find a way to track your progress. Because if you're not tracking, you don't really know. Think about that. If you're not tracking, you don't really know whether you're doing good or bad. And after a few months, you'll be like, well, whatever, I tried. And you'll just go back to the same old habits. That resolution will not become a reality. You won't actually improve as a Christian. You will have maybe given some effort, but you will not really improve. I think that Making resolutions and figuring out ways to do better at life is important. It's um, really a, a discipline of godliness. It's a discipline of self-control. Um, self-control is kind of added on to the end of the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. At first glance, it seems like self-control is kind of like Mm, that doesn't seem to fit with all the other ones. Love, joy, peace, patience, self-control. But self-control is really um, 
an important spiritual fruit. Why? Well, <clears throat> it means to be the chief of yourself. It means to make one's heart be obedient. It means to command one's own desires, to be the master of what one wants. All of these things um, that I just read to you are some of the definitions of self-control in the Luonida Greek-English lexicon. And I think that they really help to paint the picture of this particular fruit of the Spirit. The, the person who is self-controlled is controlled by the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, and a sober spirit, okay, a sober personal spirit, like your own personal spirit is sober. To be self-controlled gives you the ability to practice all those other fruits. You want to be loving? Be obedient. You want to be patient? Be obedient. Rule your own desires. Impatience is not ruling your desire, but patience is ruling your desire. Okay, so self-control is really the way that you accomplish those other fruits of the Spirit. And self-control is a fruit that can be used to bring about a great many blessings in your own life from a spiritual sense, if you will allow it. Most people, however, do not have the diligence to be self-controlled, nor the discipline, nor do they think that it's really all that important in the grand scheme of things. Most of us just want to skate by and do the bare minimum. Well, I would challenge you this year, don't do the bare minimum. Do what's necessary to grow as a believer so that you can honor Christ and that you can be a great representative of Christ in the world. And if you will consider these three steps, being specific, making small, measurable goals, and finding a way to track progress, if you consider those three steps and you put those into practice, you can bring your resolutions to reality. All right, guys, thank you so much for your time. I pray that you were blessed by this particular discussion, and I will be back at uh, podcasting again in the new year. God bless you.